Welcome everyone to the third AFL Fantasy Fanatics episode for season 2024. We are recording live on Twitter and YouTube. We're live in video on YouTube for the first time ever on Sunday the 25th of February and we have finally had some footy to watch over the past week with match sims getting underway but now we get to the more important community series games followed by opening round. Footy's back man, it's exciting. I'm your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic Tim Guest. You can find me everywhere on socials at TimGuestAU. Now, remember, if there's a player you want discussed or a question you want to answer, tweet us on the spaces, comment on YouTube, and uh, we'll make sure we get through to those questions with a couple of really bloody good experts. We've got some real high ranking, some real quality uh, guests today. But joining me, as always, is my co-host and the man who's been smashing out. Jeez, what is it? Episode 2021, something like that now, Bales? Yeah, 21 tomorrow. Unbelievable, mate, with uh, plenty of other fantasy legends and, mate, I also saw, I must admit, I was a little jealous. Mate, you got named in the content creator's team. Oh. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. Uh, th- uh, shout out to Jade, mate. Uh, I was uh, pretty chuffed when I, when I saw that. Um, I imagine you would have been, mate. Right. But, yeah, mate, uh, that's the team, mate. You're the coach because you're the content creator's cup, mate. You're the coach of the team. Mate, so. I reckon I'd be the go. 200K utility rookie sitting there, maybe the red dot for the team, but that's about it. Yeah, but, no, I'm, I'm just... I'm so happy footy's back. It's just it's good to sit down and finally watch some games. I know it wasn't proper community series, actual round games, but it was just good to actually watch some footy. And then, yeah, it sort of really starts this week. I think we'll get a dress rehearsal for the majority of the teams playing in round one. And the opening round teams, maybe they uh, maybe they won't be rest, uh, maybe they rest some players. But, uh, yeah, just looking forward to watching some more footy, mate. But, yeah, keen to talk, chat some games and chat to these awesome guests we've got on. Well, hats, hats, hats. That's what our guests bring today. So firstly, let's bring uh, Mini Monk on. Mini, uh, mate, you are a regular on the coaches panel now, mate. You're looking forward to this season? Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this season. We've got a new season with the way that it's going to be structured. We've got the best 18 early with you know eight teams missing games in the first six weeks, and that's going to throw a different hurdle to us this year. And, mate, how's your prep gone so far, considering you've only just jetted back into the country? Yeah, it's been a bit slow. I was able to, to listen to a few podcasts while I was away, but I've been trying to get back up to speed really quickly and been managing that with getting back into work. So my brain's a bit frazzled at the moment, so let's see what I can do. Yeah, mine's been a bit the same this year, actually. I've kind of really um, – well, my prep started really late. I've done a lot less prep than what I would normally do, but I've actually kind of enjoyed – only kind of now coming into it rather than being, you know, fully tanked up with all the info there it possibly is from everywhere, uh, you know, still a month out from footy. Yeah, it's been nice to kind of take a bit of a back seat away from it. Um, it means that I haven't been tinkering with my team every day, which means it still looks fairly similar to what I started with, although the practice matches have changed that a little bit and I'm sure the preseason games will change it even further from there. Awesome, mate. We'll get into that today. To turning to another man with another hat. It's our man, John Harmon. The other thing I should mention exactly, the reason why we've got you guys on today is because you guys are both newbies into the Content Creators Cup this year. So, Harmy, how are you feeling, mate? I know we kind of talked about it last year. Oh, over the moon, Tim. Absolutely. Oh, of course of course, you would be. I actually felt like a bit of a fraud last year um, doing the update <laughs> to the Content Creators Cup on the Pod Pod, but uh, not being in it myself. So, no, thanks for the invite. And, uh, yeah, very, very happy to be aboard. Well, mate, looking forward to having you both aboard. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure everyone's here to listen to uh, what happened through the uh, the match sims. Why don't we get stuck into it, Bales? Are you going to walk us through the games, mate? I'm, why don't we first, well, I'll introduce the first game, right? Yep. First game was Melbourne and Richmond. Which, what, was that seven, eight days ago, something like that now? Yeah, so that's last a Sunday, ago. yeah. Do you want to start uh, walking us through the games and uh, things tonight? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so obviously this game was obviously last Sunday. We didn't touch on it in the pod last week, but we'll quickly go over some of the players here. So Trent Rivers was the highest scoring player of note here, 107 points with 26 touches and nine marks. So he was very, very good. Mini Monk, with, I heard saw that with a defence on sort of a lot of people going maybe one or two big defenders, maybe 800k and up, and then looking for mm-hmm. those guys around the five 600k mark, do you think Rivers could be a guy that, you could bring in that's got that buy-in in round, I think, is it six, I believe, that he's got the buy-in? Would you be looking at him? Uh, it's a very awkward price tag. You'd probably want him to be going at about the 90 price tag. I mean, we've got a few that would kind of throw you into that bucket, something like Jordan Clarks and other people that are considering. It, it, it's something that I could look at, but I don't know. You'd probably want to see a lot out of the round zero game from Melbourne. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I agree with that one as well. Um, Jack Viney, 35 touch, 104 points. I know Zave's big on him and thinks Viney would go big. Uh, I don't know if he'd be starting just because he's a premium, but uh, he's got the opening round by. Bolton had a good game as well, 92 points of four goals. Petrarca, 25 touch and a couple of goals as well. But this is the next relevant player we're going to talk about. So Jack Billings, Harmy, 21 touches, seven marks and 81 points. So these are stats as well, uh, courtesy of AFL Central as well. They did fantastic work covering uh, all the games over the weekend. So shout out to those guys there. But Billings, uh, Harmy, uh, just over 500k. What did you make of his performance? And uh, is he a guy that is on your watch list heading into the um, next couple of games? I guess he's gone up up um, in stocks a little bit uh, over the course of the preseason. I mean, he started off a little bit injured, I think, and then he's he's come um, he's come in and he's playing a role uh, on the outside that I guess uh, some people will find attractive. As in, he's not going to rely on the CBAs to to score, so he's going to be that link up guy that's delivering the inside fifty, which the D's need. So, oh look, I guess I'm. Watching, but not that keen. I'm not as keen as others, to be honest. Um, I would have expected him to be kind of borderline twenty best 22. But, um, yeah, he's put in a good uh, solid outing first up. And the, the Ds are in a bit of turmoil, really. So I feel as though he's probably got a spot in that 22. And he'll have some upside from, I um, can't remember if he's early 60s or but around 60 anyway. So, yeah, not sure. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I yeah, think, no, he... Yeah, he's not, he's not in the CBAs, and I'm interested to see who is. So I think you sort of rush past uh, Viney and Petrarca there, but I'm not ruling out those sort of guys um, with that round six buy at the moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, as we've said, the round five and six buys are probably a little bit different to the round two and three buys. So, no, good points there. And I think, yeah, Billings is probably a guy watching the opening round and, and in the next game and, and see how he goes, and potentially we could consider him there. Um, Caleb Windsor as well, 22 disposals, three marks and 80 points. He was very, very good. If he gets a spot in, in opening round, that has a good score. I think a lot of people would be picking him up there, depending if he's on field or, or at F7 there. Um, Bailey Laurie as well, 22 touches, six marks and 77 points. He also did well. So again, with a few things going at Melbourne, does he get a spot in that 22? We'll have to wait and see with him. And just to touch on as well, Clayton Oliver played uh, 40 minutes across sort of two, uh, three 20-minute quarters and had just a lazy 17 touches in his first uh, sort of proper hit out. So we'll see how he goes um, there. Well, obviously not considering him at the start, but might be a guy we bring in uh, later. Tim, are you going to say something there as well? Uh, no, I actually just wanted to – I was just kind of having a look. Uh, did Gibkiss get up and play? He yeah. did. I didn't see the stats for him, though. I couldn't find the stats. For, I don't know if anyone's got the stats there for him, but I couldn't actually find um, stats for Gibkiss. So – um, if anyone's got stats, yeah. then fantastic. But um, yeah, because I'll be watching, rewatching all the games. I'll put all the stats throughout the next couple of days anyway. But yeah. I'm not exactly sure. So um, yeah, okay. Yeah, Don't reckon you'll see many stats anyway, Bars. <laughs> As a key position back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly Probably just going right. to be a heartbeat on our benches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I yeah. Well, we're just really short of those kind of defensive stocks, especially in the rookies. So I'm just trying to keep mm. his eye on as many people as I can. Yeah. Cool. Ooh, yeah. Beautiful. I think we're on to uh, the next game, which All is... All right. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, North Melbourne and Collingwood. So probably, probably uh, plenty of pretty relevant players here. Who do you want to yes. kick off with? Yeah, so just I just want to uh, plug myself, record these stats, uh, all of mine. And I was saying to Harmi before we uh, started recording, I fully respect the champion data guys that record stats because I was looking at, I think it was 13 players in this game in total, and the amount of times I had to pause it, rewind, make sure they got a handball, whatever. So it's, it is hard work. So shout out to A4 Century who did the stats this week, and then the uh, Chairman Data guys that do it. I know we give them a bit of stick for not giving ta- players tax throughout the year, but there's only one player we can really start off with here. Harry Sheasel, 42 touches, seven marks, and I had him for 139 points. I think that A4 Century had him for 141, but still, he was absolutely insane. Tim, what from what I saw in this game, he was full time half back. He was the main distributor there, and then when he went in the centre bounces, he actually then pushed back behind the ball once he went in the centre bounce. So, is he a guy that you could see yourself potentially starting with, considering if he's got this half back role, which I don't see him moving out of the half back role to be honest, of how well he played last year. Is he an option that we can consider um, a, a little bit? I think eight hundred seventy-eight k in our defence. Yeah, look, I think he's certainly an option that people can consider. Uh, for, personally, for me, I'm not considering him. Um, I think 
I mean, one of the things that I'm concerned about is what's going to happen throughout the year. So will we see she's moving into the midfield role? Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of things that are going to change in North Melbourne as well. So um, I'm just not sure that there's a huge amount of value, and especially with the the risk that's, that's potentially there as well. It's just someone that I'm probably going to like to stay away from, especially in that defensive line. Yeah, cool. Uh, Mini Michael Harmy, either you boys keen on Harry Sheasel uh, after that performance he had on the weekend or even before he had the performance on the weekend? Uh, I was keeping an eye on him before the performance. I don't think the performance has really changed much. We, we see a lot of halfbackers tend to get these inflated type scores during the preseason games just because it tends to be a bit more bruised free, bit uncontested type games. But it's definitely someone that I'm keeping on my keeping my eye on and it really depends how I end up structuring up down back. Yeah, me too, uh, Bales. I'm kind of I'm quite interested in him. Like, I think he's going to be playing a similar role he was last year, which is what he did on the weekend. Um, my, my only concern would be if uh, Sheasel, McKercher, and um, Fisher are all trying to pinch the same ball uh, off that back flank. That's only the reason that I would get concerned. We'll have a look next week, I suppose. Yeah, yeah let alone yeah, well, if we get. A couple more down there, like Bailey Scott and Luke McDonald pushing back for ball. Like we didn't have Luke McDonald on the weekend. I don't think and both of them. Scott too. Yeah. both didn't play. Yeah, that that's probably the bigger concern is if you've got three plus the two wingers kind of pushing back in to try and get ball. How much is there to pass around? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm reactionary. He's in my team at D1. So, uh, and, I, and, I, and I think and I think he's staying there because I. I do like I do like Harry Shees. He was in my team at the start of the preseason, and then he's made his way back in. But we'll have to see. How we go. Uh, Tristan Cherry had a, had a big game as well. 21 touches, five marks, 29 here. That's for 100 points. I think not really too much else to add. I just think he's just such a – he looks a really good option under 600K. It just depends if we're going uh, Gorn, Grundy or Cherry, which two of the three, and, and potentially even a Marsha in English if you pay up one of those. So we had the discussion last week. We could spend probably a long time spending rush. So I think we'll just move past Cherry just because of – we'll see how he goes. Well, before we'll we do, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm keen to get the – Input from the boys. So, okay, you guys yeah. got cherries, cherry in your team right now? Oh, I think I might have let it slip uh, with the ball boys during the week. Uh, yes, I do currently have cherry in my team. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. but it'll be a combination of those three guys, I expect. Yeah. Well, well, actually, the one thing I'll say about Tree before we move on is that I'd heard Selby talk about it, and DT Lem was the first one that really brought it to the front. We actually had a question about it last week. I was probably a little bit dismissive of it straight away, but is anyone considering Cherry R3? Because I've played around with it. I, I don't mind the setup. Obviously, you're losing some points early, but you get cash on the bench. Is anyone considering it um, at all? We touched on that on Coach's panel this week. It's a no from me. No. no. Too much okay. money on the bench, mate. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm half considering. I probably won't do it, but it's just in the back of my mind as, as there. But um, We'll see how we go. But uh, next player, Tom Powell, was uh, very, very good. 30 mm. touches and 89 points. Mm. will be interesting to see when a couple more of those other players in. But Mini Monk, is he a guy that's probably put himself uh, right at the forefront of those sort of forward options around that 500k mark? Is he on your high on your watch list uh, heading into the Community Series game this weekend? Yeah, he's, he's bumped his way up the watch list. Uh, he hasn't yet made it to training with the squad yet, but he's definitely someone that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. He's definitely an on. But the thing is, we got so many North Melbourne forwards. We're we going to be able to fit them, put them all in. We got uh, Lazaro, who we'll speak about in the sea as well. Tom Power, Zach Fisher. Like we, I don't know. Can we? Can we have all three? That's the question. Minimum. Can we have all three in our team? I mean, potentially. It just depends on how many other North Melbourne players you want. I mean, you've also got Sheasel, Wardlaw, LDU, Cherry. Are we going to have a team full of North Melbourne players by the end of the preseason? <laughs> Yeah, well, if they're playing North Ball, um, which is what they're saying, then we might want to um, bring them all in. You never know. But, uh, but yeah, now Tom Powell definitely on the watch list. LDU, never really looked like got out of first gear um, from my eye. 22 touches for 78 points. I think we'll get a problem. I think we know what his role is going to be. It just depends with if uh, you're going to be selecting him or not. Um, but the player I want to chat about is uh, Charlie Lazaro. So, Harmy, uh, he has been setting the preseason a lot for North Melbourne. A lot of people around the club been saying that. He sort of really improved. I thought he could have been cut last year watching North Melbourne games with my best mate being North fan, but he's really performed this preseason. Is, is he a guy that we could put at F6 or are you more looking, if, if you're picking him, he's going to be on your bench at like an F7? Jeez, I don't know if I trust him on field, mate. He's been tearing up in the B, B team, like in the Infoglobe games, he's not even in the A team. So same with Tom Powell. This is where I'm a little bit uncertain about where they fit in the lineup. Like North have actually got a lot of midfielders, um, believe it or not. So, yeah, look, if he's in their team, 
Um, he can score fairly well from what we're seeing, but I'm just not very trusting of it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, he doesn't have. I guess he doesn't have that first sort of top three CBA role. He's more that guy that half forward that might push up, and that allows sort of Sheedle to roll back. So he sort of plays up more the ground. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes this week. But um, yeah, it's, it depends. He could be risking putting F six, but yeah, F seven could be the play. But then again. Harley Reid and, and Finlay McRae didn't quite set the world on fire, so who knows what we'll chat about them shortly anyway. But uh, Coy McKercher, there's, again, 24 touches, 73 points. He's all locked into our sides. He's going to get defender status in round seven. So, yeah, he's just a lock for all of our sides on field. Jai Simpkins probably crossed himself off as well. 16 touches for 54 points. Played forward majority of the game. Had some CBAs, but they look like they're prioritising uh, these younger guys. So I think he's probably crossed off unless we see something drastic uh, yeah. in the next game. But... Yeah, minimum. I mean, there, there were some comments coming out from, from someone at the club that saying that the ideal CBA starting would be Wardlaw, Simpkin, and LDU. So I wouldn't cross them off right yet. Like, we see a lot of teams mm. playing around with their setups during these preseason and practice games especially. It might be more of an indicator of what we see in the preseason game as to what they actually will do in round one. But I wouldn't be writing them off just yet, but I'd probably be knocking them down the watch list a bit. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, you can tell by this game, I'm very reactionary. She's with my team, Simpson crossed off. <laughs> we got to remember. I got to remember. We can't be so reactionary with these with these games, but we can take uh, bits and pieces from it anyway. Finn McRae, uh, 18 touches, 53 points, had a massive start to the game. So I've actually got so the stats here. So I had him for 29 points in the first quarter, but then six, uh, 10 in the second, 12 in the third, and two in the fourth. I think his game time was sort of a bit managed throughout the back part of the game. But, Tim, have, have you got Finn McRae on your side and is he on your field or are you still a bit of a wait and see how he goes the next couple of games? Oh, look, I haven't tweaked. But I haven't played around with my team a huge amount. He's been in there pretty much from the start, just like most teams had him in, and hasn't really moved. I mean, obviously, it's all dependent on how uh, it you know comes or turns out in round zero. But, um, I mean, I think so far he's... Uh, I mean, the other thing is, if, if it doesn't work out to be someone uh, like a Finn McRae, we seem to have a lot of kind of other rookie options possibly there. So there's someone you should be able to step down to, even if it's a higher-priced rookie. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing probably people got to note as well is that there was no Pendles, no side bottom, uh, no Mitchell. So a few guys that are in that team. So it be interesting to see. I think, again, opening round is going to tell us a lot about Finn McRae. If he plays and plays well, I think we'll all select him in uh, round one there. Reef McInnes, uh, 50 points. He's not going to score a heat, but again, if we need maybe a rookie, if he does get a spot uh, in the best 22, I think it's between him and Ash Johnson personally in that team. So if he gets a game, we don't have any other options, but I think forward line, we're pretty uh, good for some options, especially around that 280K uh, or just over 300K mark. Uh, Toby Pink, 10 touches, four marks, 39 points. Not going to be a huge score, but could be a guy that if we don't get many other options defence, he could just be a D8 that we just get as a slow burn there. Um, and then the guys that only played half a game. So Zach Fisher had 16 touches, three marks, and 48 points in just the two quarters. Dacos, 12 touches for 43 points in uh, just the two quarters. And then obviously George Wardlaw, nine touches for 31 points. So any of those three guys that you, any of you three, want to quickly touch on before we moved on to the next game? Just I don't know what to make of Fisher at the moment. <laughs> it's sort of like somebody's getting all these great reports and then he's getting injured and he's getting good report again and he's injured again and I don't know. And he comes in, plays half a game, 16 touches. So, so just decent. on that, huh? I did want to, because I noticed a couple of people, was it actually injury twice? Because if you remember, he kind of came away with what they thought was hamstring awareness and then they thought it was okay and then it turned out to be a small tear. So it wasn't you know, two injuries, was it? It was just the one? Yeah. You're right there, mate. But I think it was just before Christmas he had a, you know, the injury as well. Oh, like okay. it, was, it was early in okay. pre-season. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Now, definitely uh, we got one to watch. But I know, uh, Mini Mike, you were you've, you've, uh, saying on the, the ball boys uh, that Zach Fisher has been your side. So are you still – does that injury sort of concern you or are you still pretty hot on Fisher, after, especially after what you saw on the weekend? I mean, injury is always a concern when it comes to these sorts of players. But – the risk is between the upside associated with the pick and the downside associated with the injury. And if there's enough people on it, then the miss is mitigated. I think there'll be enough people on him, and I'm pretty keen still to start him at this stage. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, in my team. I did that. I did the uh, what MJ was suggesting, just a refresh, just to clear the clear the team, refresh, pick all the team, and, and Fisher made his way into my side. So I've got a lot of North Melbourne players currently sitting in my team. Uh, next game, I think uh, we're moving on to Tim. Uh, we're moving on to the Sydney and GWS game. Once again, stats courtesy of AFL Central. Walk us through it, Miles. Yeah, cool. Um, so Chad Warner, top scoring 110. I'm not sure he's probably a classic option. I don't think he's more of a draft guy that you, you sort of pick there. 
Brody Grundy, though, 17 touches, nine tackles, 22 hits, 101 points. It's I think it's going to come. I think so. Actually, I'll go to Minimunk and Harmy just quickly. Is is the so Mark, I'll go to you first? Is the dis, what decision are you making with the rucks? Is it is it one guy locked? Is it Cherry locked? And it's between Gorn and Grundy. Is it Grundy locked? Is it the other two? How, how do you sit on that? And then obviously go to Harmy sort of straight up to you. So Minimunk, what do you reckon? Oh, I think it's. It, I think for me at the moment it's a cherry lock, but I'm still pretty flexible across the three of them. Like I, I, I you know, if both Grundy and Gorn go massive in round zero, I will look to restructure and look to see if there's a way that I can fit both of them into my team. Um, but I, I am, I am playing around with the anchor being cherry at this stage. Yeah, Army. Uh, I like all three, um, and it hasn't changed too much. But I, I guess I feel like Grundy and Cherry have the most points upside from their starting price is what I feel at the moment. So yeah. there's more there's more to it than that, obviously, um, Bales. But let's say both of them have 30 points upside and Gorn has 20 points upside, then, uh, yeah, I think that those two are my preferred at the moment, though. That might change. Yeah. And then, Tim, quickly, your preferred two out of the three? Yeah, still Grundy and Cherry. I'm, I'm just For me, I just think they've got the biggest upside. Yeah, I've currently got Gorn and Grundy. I just think Gorn with the upside yeah. of being a potentially a top two ruck and nipping yep. on the heels, those two. Currently got him in my side. Lockie Whitfield, 25 touches, nine marks, 94 points. He was good. I just think that buy is a little bit difficult. Same bit with Tom Green, 30 touches, five marks, 92 points. I know many of you were saying that Tom Green's certainly not quite ruled out with the, with those early fixtures. Sort of, Is that still your thinking there? Yeah, I think so too. And I think Whitfield's another who you can't really rule out. There. He's the type of player that, I mean, if he gets the role, he gets a good match. I could go 180 on any day. Uh, and that's the type of player you've got to just, just monitor and see, like, what they actually do in round zero before you really rule them out completely. But it would take a fair chunk of a restructure to get either into my team. Yep. Errol Goulden, 22 touches, 7 marks, 90 points in, in about a half. Uh, played two minutes of the, uh, of the second quarter. And then the rest of the half, he's just an absolute freak. I, again, it's probably a bit more difficult to... Starting just because of the role, certainly, but I think we're all going to have him in our teams at some point throughout the year. Cogs, uh, again, just doing what he does, 27 touches, four marks, 86 points. And then James Jordan, 18 touches for 73 points. And Matt Roberts, 17 touches for 71 points. I think those two are going to be on a lot of watch lists. I just think we've got to watch them in uh, the next game and then the um, opening round. And, and if they put up some good scores, then I think we can consider them as guys that make some uh, quick cash. Roberts on the bench, probably, and you know, Jordan being a guy on your forward line. So, um in terms of speeding up, Tim, we're on to the next game. Awesome. Brizzy and Gold Coast. Once again, AFL Central did all the stats from three quarters. Uh, yep. Kicks off, Bass. Kenneen uh, Coleman, Harmy, is he 23 touches, five tackles for 91 points? He, he went big in the first quarter and he had 48 points. But then sort of when you look at it, 48 points in a the quarter, then the other two quarters he only had about, was it just over 40 points? So is he a guy that is on your watch list still? Are you more watching him, see what he does in the first two weeks, so first opening round in round one, then maybe look at him after his buying round two. Yeah, this is what he can do on his day. Like, uh, And the preseason is probably well suited to him because he's a very outside player and who's going to tag in a bloody preseason game? So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking him early, mate, um, put it that way. I'll have a look at him after his buy, I reckon, but that early buy puts me off. Plus, I've had him in the past and, yeah, I guess I'll just watch him for the time being. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. Josh Dunkley, 16 touches for 77 points, just doing what he does. I think it could be an underpriced option. We look at post his buy. Um, I think he's at a cheap price and what we know he can do, just that Brisbane sort of um, system, maybe not conducive to high scoring. Matt Rowe had 76 points, looked uh, look pretty good by reports. I've still got to sit down and watch this game properly, but looked like he might uh, get a bit more outside ball. You're not starting with him, but I think you could be a guy that just keep on the watch list maybe for maybe someone laid down the line. Tuke Miller, same thing, 73 points. Uh, they ran a pretty tight midfield mix from this game. Only the four players really got midfield. Tuke, Rao, Noah Anderson and Sam Flanders. So obviously Sam Flanders there, 20 touches and 61 points. Um, so minimum, we actually we got your thoughts uh, on the coach panel with Flanders. And so, Harmy, what are your thoughts with, with Flanders? He's, he's a, sort of a really hard one. Do you start him? Do you not? He's probably the clear sort of F1 there. But what are you thinking with him? Oh, mate, I'm not sure. I have said the whole time that I'm not picking him. But <laughs> anything, anything. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> um, 
Uh, look, he's he's just got a really good score build, as in he he can hit every um, area of fantasy scoring and and put up some monster ceiling scores. So um, he's a risk to take on, but at this point in time, he's not in my team. Um, but I'm not too sure. I mean, he, he got CBAs. He's going to get CBAs. So I mean, yeah, no surprise. So um, yeah, I'm not sure at this point, but uh, yeah. I'm sitting on yeah. the fence. Sorry, Bars. Yeah, no, that's all right. I don't think I don't think currently any of us have got him currently. I don't. I know Tim, you don't because you said you're not paying up for those forwards at this stage. Mini Mike, you don't have Flanders either, is that correct? Not at the moment. Yeah, cool. So uh, clean sweeper, no Flanders. Can we talk for a second about Took Miller? Sure. If they're gonna have such a tight midfield rotation, I mean the you know, we saw obviously the way that Miller went last year. He's underpriced. We were concerned about what his role might be, concerned about the game style. Um, now we're kind of seeing that tight midfield rotation. Is anyone else kind of attracted to Took Miller and maybe the potential yeah. Millers? Yeah, I mean, no one's talking about him. He's got good value. Like, I mean, last season he just had a shocker. He was banged up all the time. He had the he had one injury and then he's had his knee injury and then he was out for ages and not much went right for him. Hey, so there is potential. What's he priced at? Uh, 97 or... He's about the same as Walsh. And we were considering Walsh. People talking about mm. Walsh is around the same mm, price no. and Took's been that guy that's forgotten. But now Walsh is injured. Took could be a guy that if people are looking to start a buy... If maybe someone's got a Jeremy nice. Sharp on your bench, could you could you play um, a Took Miller there and, and take Sharp score for one week? That's just that buy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that yeah. score's a zero currently, Bales, isn't it? Sharp didn't yeah. even play, so... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think he missed with illness. That's what you're saying, many moments. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, Took. I agree, Tim. I think that yeah, Took's definitely got a guy that he's not getting him as, as much chat, and could be could be a nice pot if people uh, go down that path. Um, Connor Buderick, um, he's in my team. He's he's actually uh, uh, coming for Zach Williams. I'm a bit nervous about Zach Williams. I don't know if anyone saw that quote about he's sort of a little bit touch and go for for opening round and round one, which is is not great. And he's got the buy in round two. So I'm almost like, well, I'll go Buderick. He's got a round three buy. If Williams goes well, I can bring Williams in for Buderick. So what what are our thoughts on Buderick? Is is he a guy that people are considering it at, what, probably D4, D5, if if we're looking at that? Has anyone got Buderick in their team? I think he's worth a watch. We need to see Mm. if the role holds when Powell's back. Um, And how many mouths can they feed down there? It's the same as North. If you've got... You've got Buderick, you've got Sexton, you've got Power back there. Who's actually going to get a lot of the ball and who's going to be the loser of the three? Yeah. Yeah. No, good point. Um, you speak and also, Sexton. the other thing we've got to watch about is that uh, that halfback run as well, right? They, they haven't got a great run for halfbacks in the first part of the season. That's a good point. Yeah. Ooh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good point. Um, and then Sexton probably falls in that same boat, but he's under 400K in the forward line. So 61 points. Again, if, he, if that role holds when Power comes back, could be a guy we look at um, under 400k in our forward lines. And then uh, Bodie Uhland, uh, Tim, I know he was a uh, mate of yours. You had him uh, in a couple of weeks last, uh, year. last year. Eight touches, five marks, 34 points. So um, we'll see if he, if he holds his powers there. But not sure he's going to be best 22 at this current so, moment. Once again, I'll throw another kind of sidebar in here. Uh, how are the gents looking in D6? You guys running... Uh, like a, a Dan Curtin there, or are you looking at running more like a um, who am I thinking of? Uh, Nick Caulfield or Marty Hall? I'm trying to get Nick Caulfield there. Yeah, well, I put them all in the same boat, a blanket. Yeah, Marty Hall, Curtin, Caulfield. I mean, I watched. Well, I don't want to cross over on the nose that Bales has already made, but yeah, I watched Caulfield a little bit, and I wouldn't say I was blown away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think it's going to be one of those things that's. Lit. Differentiates a lot of coaches in terms of their strategy, whether they pay up for the coffee on the D six or whether we try and risk it there with a Dan Curtin or something along those lines. But of course, you know the the, the stocks run pretty dry after a Dan Curtin. Hmm. Yeah, and and we'll chat about Dan Curtin, but um, I'm I'm a bit skeptical. He's best twenty two um, for round one. I don't know wow. if he's going to be best twenty two. We'll talk about him a, a bit later anyway. Um, sure. But we we move on to the next game though. Sure, Carlton and Geelong once again. Uh, so, oh no, these, sorry, these stats are actually courtesy of Supercoach Edge and AFL Ratings Pete. Go on, your Pete, shout out this year, mate. Yeah, so we don't actually have scores for this game, so I don't. And there's not, I guess, too many relevant players in this game. So this will be a pretty quick game to sort of cover over. Nick Newman had 21 touches with that early buy pre and defend. I don't know if many people are looking at him. Could be, could be a guy we look at and be one of those top few defenders. We saw how well he went in the back half last year, but as a starting pick. I don't think we're going to be going there. Jack Bowes had 14 touches, played some midfield. Again, Geelong a bit funny with the preseason. It's risky to start. Maybe you watch him for the next in the next game, but yeah, I'm not sure. 
with him. But Toby Conway um, started in the ruck in, in quarter one, Stanley rucked in quarter two, and then uh, they shared across quarter three and quarter four. As a non-Geelong fan, a neutral fan, well, even Geelong fans, I think. I think we all think Toby Conway should be the number one ruck um, and and Stanley shouldn't be, but Geelong do funny things. Is Tim, is, is Conway, if he plays, is he a guy you look at um, putting in R3 with Sweet, maybe not quite the option we thought he would be? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him there. Certainly won't um, be paying up for uh, Sweet, though. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, Jai Clark uh, had a decent amount of CBAs, 52.6%. Uh, and also with Guthrie injuring his quad, might be out for a bit, might mean uh, Jai Clark gets some games early. So, again, just one to watch and, and see if he gets a name round one. But, uh, yeah, firmly uh, in a lot of people's teams or uh, at least on their watch list there. Um, as we said, Cam Guthrie uh, injured his quad very early in the game. I'm not sure if he – I think it was like the first sort of the first couple of minutes he injured that there. So. Kick. Yeah, first kick. He's got the centre bounce. Keep set about seven seconds into the game. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So he's going to be out for for a little bit. So yeah. Unfortunately, we got to cross him off of our uh, list there. And then Zach Williams didn't play. We obviously mentioned before that yeah, there's a bit touch and go with opening round. That's that's made me and a lot of other coaches sort of a bit wary of, of starting uh, with him in their side. So um, that's pretty much it from that game. If there wasn't anything else, uh, I think we'll move on to a more relevant game. Uh, in that oh, game. hold on, Bass. Oh, probably should yep. note. Um... Sean Manor only did the B team stuff. So oh, of course, yeah, yeah. There's there is that one, um, and Tanner Bruin seemed to rack up a bit too. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that Sean Manor one is pretty concerning. I don't know if he'll be there round one. Yeah, yeah, and and shout out to uh, Jackson, who's in um uh, just a group chat that has got I know many months in that um a group chat as well. That he he was saying I think a couple months ago he's. Uh, f- from what he's heard, um, Manor isn't best 22 at this current moment, and we saw it on the weekend, uh, didn't um, mm. play until the B-side came out. So, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get Sean Manor round one. Might, might be a downgrade target later in the year if he gets a game. But, hey, we've got to keep on the watch list to see how he goes. And the one that you want to also keep on the watch list might actually be Mullen. I mean, he played a couple of games last year, but he still comes in at a rookie price. If we're that desperate and he's playing games, it might be one to consider. Especially yeah. on that defensive line, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, very rele- relevant fantasy game coming up next, Tim, in the next game. Western Bulldogs v Hawthorne once again. Thanks to AFL Central mm. for the stats. So, uh, Libba had a big game. 34 touches, 125 <laughs> points. No Bont, no Trelaw. So, um, and obviously, McRae wasn't there either. So, um, But he went big and, and we know that. Good draft option, but uh, probably not looking at him in classic there. Henry Husway um, put his name sort of into the mix. He's a little bit more expensive. I think he's over, just over 400K, 24 touches, a couple of goals, 104 points there. Could... Might have a look, but I think that we're set with those rookies and, and I think people are either going rookies or 700K or above. I think I don't know if we're looking at too many, like Wardlaw's there, a few other options, but like Matt Johnson, who we'll speak about as well, Sheldrick, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, we'd be looking um, at Henry Husway, but we can keep on the watch this nonetheless. Riley Sanders, um, he, he looks a good player. I know there was no Bont, no Trelaw, no McRae, but yeah, he's yes. going to be a special player for them. 101 points, 25 touches uh yeah, I think we're, a lot of us have got uh, him locked into our sides. Just um, on this. Yep. Bales, I don't know if you noticed this. It was like late in the second quarter or start of the third quarter, Finn McGuinness went to him and was yep. running yes. with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. I know. Incredible. First, first, uh, not even had played an AFL game yet and he's already getting tagged. So that's, uh, yeah, saying something. But he's going to be uh, very good. He, he's probably not going to squat that every week when Bond and McRae and all that are there. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be a very, very good option for us. Harms, um, probably got to take this score with a grain of salt. I know uh, Holmes has talked about uh, Harms um, a little bit there. But 18 touches, six marks, eight tackles and a goal for 101 points. It would be better to have a look at him when you get these other guys in the midfield playing. So probably, as I said, take that score a little bit with a grain of salt. Cam McKenzie. Now, Harmy, I know you've mm-hmm. you've mentioned Cam McKenzie a few times and, and he's been on my watch list uh, and you were mentioning how he had all those sub-games last year. But with a couple of injuries at Hawthorne, looks to be playing a bit more midfield on the weekend, 23 touches, five marks, 96 points, under 450K. What, what, is, what are you seeing of Cam McKenzie? Oh, I liked what I saw. Um, and he had solid usage and he got a few touches. Um, he probably actually could have got a few more touches. The ball kind of bounced the you know wrong way for him a few times. So... Look, I'm definitely interested, but and I reckon just with a few injuries, he's either going to be CBAs or wing. So I feel as though he's not going to have all of those sub games like he did last year, and there's potentially some inbuilt value in his um, starting price 
if he, if he is best 22 and not being subbed out sort of thing. But, um, yeah, no, this is uh, it's quite a good game. You know, the Hawks and Bulldogs, two interesting teams. So that CBA mix at uh, the Hawks is, uh, yeah, it's a real watch at the moment. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, there's a few guys that could be in the mix for, for those midfield minutes there. Excuse me. Um, Muscle D'Ambrosio, 26 touches, 83 points. Again, with a few injuries, he's, he's a cheap option, minimum. Is any interest with um, uh, Mus there? I want to see how he scores with Amon in the team. Yep, yep, very good point. Um, but he's cheap and he's under 450k, so uh, could be an option there, especially with the doubts with, with Williams now. Could be a guy we look to uh, put there. A, few, a, a lot of games, the MCG early as well, which could be a good thing mm-hmm. for him. Nick Caulfield, as Harmon uh, mentioned, wasn't quite impressed with him, but he still had 18 touches, six marks and 76 oh. points. So if you're not impressed with him with, with 76 points, well, if he's getting impressive, we might get some more points. So, again, we go watch him next week uh, with a few more of those dogs players back. But he could be Bales, a D6 option. I feel a need to say this. In the end of the second quarter, two of his kicks that you're counting as good possessions, one of them was his turnover straight out of the back 50 and the other was out on the full. So... Yeah. Make of it what you will. Yeah, as long as he's there round one, I don't care if he turns every possession over. There's, there's, I'm actually, no, but then he gets dropped. Oh, so no, we just, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What if he's not there round two? That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. It could, uh, is, is he like best Could it? Yeah, could he be a Charlie Constable sort of just at the Bulldogs uh, this year? So who knows? Um, a few other scores here. We'll just run through. So Connor McDonald, sixteen touches for sixty-five points. Like Harmy, you obviously you're watching this game. What, what did you make of McDonald's role? What did what sort of role did he play? Uh, not too bad. Very much outside that forward uh, flank, working up the ground, but didn't didn't uh, accumulate a lot of possessions. Yeah, McKenzie over McDonald at this early stage. If you're looking at the two, well, McKenzie's in the CBAs. So I think yeah. it's McKenzie over. Um, well, at his price point, McKenzie over um, McDonald and Ward at this point in time, but that could change. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sisley, 64 points. Daniel, 58 points. John Newcomb had 54 points there. Weddle, 52. Josh Ward, 50. Nick Watson had 33. He's not going to be a huge scorer at an inflated price. I think we've got probably better options in that forward line. And then Ethan Phillips, another guy, those 200K sort of key position players with 28 points. He's not going to be a big scorer, but again, if we don't get any other options, he could be a guy at D8. Moving on to the next game, Tim. Uh, the Saints versus Bombers. So, again, AFL Central with these stats. So, again, we shout, we're going to shout about, I'm going to, like, yeah, incredible work by them. Riley Bonner had 28 touches, seven marks, 110 points. Mm. We're not, I think, draft pickup, if he's on, if he's on the waiver wire, could, uh, could pick him up there. But, again, a midfield only. We'll see how he, how he goes with that. But a bit, a bit risky, he's just a midfielder. And, and we know these halfbacks can rack up in the preseason. One player I was very happy. He looked very, very good. Jack Steele, 99 points and 24 touches. He's been locked into my side um, for, for a while uh, now. And, and, yeah, I like the look of him. Did anyone want to sort of comment uh, on Steele there and, and what are your thoughts on him on the weekend? No strapping, good, good running. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Minimum, no strapping, good running. Love it. Um, Ryan Marshall, 97 points. We know what he's going to do. He's, he's, he's just a good option. Could be a good a pot option in the rucks if you're looking at but I think there's so much value with those other three. It's, it is a little bit hard to go away, but still could be a consideration there. Um, Tim, your mate Gavin, 23 touches for 82 points. With Sinclair potentially missing, um, where he's touch and go for sort of, uh, round one. Gavin, you, you uh, sort of so, can No. Nah. So, and the reason is, once again, is the run. Yeah. Uh, he's got a horrible run. I can't remember what, exactly what, what the games, but he's playing a couple of regional games. He's, um, yeah, I don't like his early run. Uh, I mean, I do think he's value for the season, but I also think that, you know, you sometimes if you get these players that are underpriced but they don't have a real great start, it can really kind of stunt their uh, their price growth so you can get onto them later. So uh, as much as I love Gavin, uh, he, he will be a trading target for me. Yeah, I'm on the same wavelength as well. Okay, here we go. The one we got to talk about. Nick Martin, 29 touches, four marks for 93 points. And the caveat to this is we know that defenders rack up in the preseason, but he's been a guy that averaged 85 on a wing. I think Selby said he had like 800s last year playing on a wing. He's in this halfback role. He's, he, he's just, as, as Dossie says, Harmy, the uh, observable first for the footy. Um, is there is is anyone keen on Nick Martin? Because I'm quite keen, especially if he's got his halfback role. Because it's it, looking like it could be a shoe in for 
for DPP, obviously regarding how, how everything goes. But anyone keen on a bit of Nick Martin in their, in their side? Need to say it again. If I say it again, I'd be interested. Yeah. Harmony, Tim, anyone, you guys interested in Nick Martin? I, I wish he wasn't mid-only. Yeah. yeah, he had a good game. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. It's, look, everything everything out of the Bombers says that he's playing half-back flank. So I guess we're trusting it, but I'm not too sure. It's not as if he's a bargain. What is he, 85, yeah. 86 or something? He's so, like 7, 750, 760. Yeah, pass, like 85, yeah, price 85. Difficult, yeah, difficult price point. Yeah. Where does he need to go to be a good pick, though? 95, say maybe? 100? It's probably going to mid spot as any issue, but like if he gets defended DPP, it's priced at 85. I think 95 is probably a win. Anything more than that, you're probably it's a smash pick. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's currently currently, it is. currently sitting in my my team, but uh, but uh, I people know that I like putting in players that have good preseason games. So uh, we'll see if he we'll see if he stays there. <laughs> um, Darcy Parish, 22 touches, 76 points. Uh, a few people are keen on him as a bit of a pod pick. I'm a bit sceptical just because of the lack of marks and tackles. Um, I don't know if Phil's quite enough stat lines to, to go that 110 plus. We have seen it before, so um, we'll have to see how he goes. And Merritt will cop all the attention uh, from opposition teams there. Um, Elijah Sardis had 17 touches for 61 points. Again, a bit of a watch to see how he goes. But again, sort of in that mix for those forwards um, uh, around that sort of 400, 500k price bracket. Uh, Gresham, 16 touch for 61 points as well. A few people looking at him. I think he's a little bit expensive probably for what his output's going to be. I'm not sure he's going to be that sort of top three midfielder for, for Eston, so I don't know about him. Draft pick, uh, absolutely, but classic, maybe not. Merritt had 15 touches and 44 points in one half. Again, much like these star players, doesn't really look like he got out of, much out of first gear there, and, and he'll be a, another a good uh, player again this season. But with that Finn McGuinness tag in round one, potentially Finn McGuinness plays, we don't know. Um, might not get off to a good start, but if he, if there's no tag, potentially could start with him. Well, Harmony, you're the Bombers, man. Could you, if Finn McGuinness doesn't play round one, could you start as that Merritt at M1? Yeah, you could do. Yep, no worries. And you're you're assuming that uh, Merritt's a tag and not Parrish, too. Parrish is around for the Bombers. Yeah, old Martin, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's right. They like uh, Finn off the flank, too, don't they? Not the CBA, so maybe it's Martin. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good call there. Um, okay, Martin's out of my team now. Um, Darcy Wilson <laughs> had uh, ten touches, four marks, and forty-one points. A good thing he's coming out of St Kilda that he could have a wing spot there. So um, obviously, Paddy Dow's injury that might have opened up another extra spot in that uh, team. We don't know. So Darcy Wilson again, just another guy to put on the watch list. But mid forward um, could be on your mid bench or your forward yeah. bench at two hundred forty-nine k. I think it is. So um, I thought he was good. Me. I thought he would have scored more than forty-one there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so definitely I'm uh, high on my watch list uh, for rookies there. Um, Marcus Winhager, um, unfortunately injured his hand or anything. I think he had a couple of tackles and I think uh, some, someone, I don't know if they stepped on his hand or broke a hand. I don't know if anyone saw that, but um, doesn't look like he'll be ready for round one. So um, unfortunately, another one to cross off the list. Um, Tim, move on to the showdown. All right, well, before we move on to the showdown, just a reminder, if there's a player that you want to ask a question about, make sure you tweet it in the space below or comment on YouTube and we'll make sure we we'll go through them after these last two games. But, yeah, we are going to go through the Port versus Adelaide game. The stats were recorded by Bales. Yep, so uh, <laughs> this was a very fun game to watch, actually. I know, again, all Crows games I like watching, but um, if a neutral fan, I thought it was quite a good game, to be fair. But... Uh, Connor Rose, so I'll put Connor Rosie and Butters in the same time. And then I'll bring Ollie Wines as well. So Connor Rosie had 18 touches, a couple of goals for 81 points. Um, Butters had 23 touches for 58 points in the three quarters. And Ollie Wines had 13 touches for 44 points in the three quarters as well. So the thing we saw from Port's midfield mix is that Wines, a full-time mid, Ken Hinckley, as we know, doesn't mince his words. What he says is, is what he does. And he said Ollie Wines is fit, going to be a, a CBA mid. And that's what, exactly what we saw. Um, I know his score wasn't high, but I still, I'm still keen on Ollie Wines, the cheap price. But Zach Butters and Connor Rosie is the question. So, Minimum, I'll go to you for this one first. Are you cooler on Rosie and Butters now as, as options just because of if Wines is the main guy, does that mean Butters and Rosie play more forward um, or maybe on a wing? Like, what are your thoughts with that sort of whole port mid for mix? Are you keen on uh, any of those guys? I don't think it really changes much. To me, it seems like Wines is going in. Someone else is going to get the knockout, but I don't think it's going to be Butters and Rosies. That they're just too good inside. Yeah, and Willem Drew was uh, was the one that didn't play, but I'm not sure. I think that they want Wines in there more. But um, Harmy, any sort of uh, sort of thoughts on any of those port mids there? Uh, well, 
I guess my thoughts are that there was nothing that Rosie and Butters did in this game that would make you take them, uh, you know, leave your team. Um, they were yeah. fine. They were, they were both good. So no issue with that. If you're keen on them, you should still be keen on them. Yeah. Tim? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the only thing for me now is I think I've got to try and find a, a room for wines in my midfield. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he was very good. Um, I'm not sure his scoring is going to be that 112 he did in his Brownlow year. No. But again, if he, if he averages that 95 to 100, it's, it's, it's a decent pick. So, um, And if he goes more than that, then uh, it's a very good pick. So, yeah, Wines is, is up on the watch list for me. Not my team yet, but uh, firmly uh, in and around the mark. Jordan Dawson, just, uh, just again, again didn't get our first gear, but still had 16 touches, eight tackles and 80 points in just the three quarters. He's just going to pick up where he left off. Uh, just depends if he can pay off that million dollars uh, um, for him. Um, my boy, Rory Laird, 23 touches, five tackles, didn't get out of uh, first gear there, uh, 76 points. Um, I think AFL Central had him for 96 points. When I saw that before I watched the game, I thought, wow, okay, he went really well. But uh, he did play all four quarters and uh, 76 points. Um, again, that they, they played Rankin more through that midfield. Uh, Rashid didn't get too many CBAs. Crouch had uh, pretty limited game time, so I'm more keen to watch it this week. I don't think we get got a clear sort of look at it this week. I think next week we'll tell... A fair bit, but I expect it to be Laird, uh, Crouch, and Dawson as the three, and I think Laird is going to be a decent option at uh, M1 there. Isaac Rankin, uh, 13 touch, a couple of goals, 58 points in the three quarters. If he's got a bit of a midfield mix, is, is anyone looking at him? Because I'm, I'm a bit nervous with him. I think he's more of an impact player than an accumulator. So is anyone looking at Rankin? Um, he's, I think he's over 600K as well, so he's a bit more expensive. Draft Rankin, Yeah, Rankin was definitely... Um preferred above Rochelle in that midfield. Uh, that was something that I, I took away from that game. So yep. makes me a bit less keen on him probably. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Rochelle only had the 11 touches. Uh, five miles, a couple of goals as well for 57 points in three quarters. But him and Rankin actually had a big third quarter. I think they both went over 30 points each from um, from my notes here as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd be – I'm not sure about uh, either to be honest. But um, Dan Houston, 14 touches, 54 points in three quarters. A um, few people are keen on him. I don't think this game would deter you. I just think Porter got a lot of guys back there that can get the ball. Um, Mitch Hinge, 14 touches, four marks, 49 points. I'm uh, – after watching this, I'm a bit less keen on Hinge. I think he had good moments. But Brody Smith's back there. He takes a lot of the ball. They've got a few – Crows like sharing around. There's not really a key distributor back there since Dawson moved into the midfield. So I'm not looking at uh, Mitch Hinge, I don't think, anymore. I think Drafty's fine, but uh, not for classic. We talked about wines there. Matt Crouch had 17 touches for – 39 points in three quarters. Did have three free kicks against, so a couple of different things. That might have been a lot higher, but uh, it wasn't. Anyone sort of uh, sort of got crouched in their team at the moment? Less keen, more keen on him after this game? Just still a monitor for me. It's feeling it's okay. you know, yeah. in that 700K bracket. I think that teams are going to probably look to have one or two digs players in there, and he's one of the ones that you've just got to keep on the watch list. Yeah, agreed. Um, Dan Curtin, five touches for 50, uh, 25 points in the three quarters, but he didn't play the first quarter from what I saw. So that uh, that that's the, the big point for me, that that screams to me that he might not be best 22 to start the season. And I think it's dependent on if, if guys like Butts is, is fit um, and everything like that. So we'll just have to see how everything goes. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit sure. But, again, I think he's on a lot of people's benches anyway, so I think that um, he'll uh, be uh, there if he's there around one. But I'm a bit uncertain um, with interrupted pre-season there. And then, yeah, Jordan Sweet. Uh, Soldo looks like the number one ruck there. He only had three uh, – Sweet only had three touches, 30 hits, 24 points. And, yes, yeah, so I just think he's not going to be the option unless anything happened to Soldo. So, Tim, move on to the final game. Uh, yeah, the Derby. So the West Coast versus Frio. Once again, uh, stats were recorded by Bales. Yeah, so the big winner for me, and I'll go to me, Monk, for you because you're the Frio man. Jordan Clark for me was, I think, maybe besides Sarong, because I think Sarong was very, very good in the three quarters he played. But Jordan Clark was one of the top players on the ground for me. 29 touches, six marks, 97 points. Um, I know you you said to the ball boys, you're not sure if he's got that sort of that game to go to that not like above 90 and that 95 and maybe a good pick. But what you saw on the weekend took more of that responsibility back there. Is are you more keen on him after seeing that, or is it still the same and you're sort of not quite sure with Jordan Clark? I think I'm a bit more interested in the pick after watching the game. I, I watched it as a replay uh, earlier today and. I think the fact that he was getting a little bit more accountability in terms of having to distribute the ball, he got a few more kick-ins than usual. 
But I think with a lot of this game uh, and a lot of the Freya scores, you've got to take it into a lot of context. They were playing West Coast, and it was it was not a good showing by them. It was a very, <laughs> very poor game, and I think that it's very hard to take a lot away from that game for any of the players for either team, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, a good call. Um, Luke Ryan, 22 touches, 10 marks, 91 points as well. Uh, again, as you said, probably can't take too much away. Bit of a chip mark around there, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I still don't hate Luke Ryan as a pod. Um, with a good buy and, and um, no early buy, I, d- I don't hate the pick, but I probably won't go there myself. Caleb Sarong was probably my uh, the best player on the ground for me. He just looks like he's just going to continue where he left off. Uh, he had 28 touches, six marks, 89 points in the three quarters. And, and yeah, he's uh, he might even get to, he looked like he got more plus sixes as well in this game. So mm. if that translates, we'll have to see. But for me, so you know, I know you were saying that you can't take too much away, but for me, I had Brayshaw as my number one scorer for the year, and he was in my M1. I took him out, and I don't know if he's going to come back in based on what I saw. Again, one game, and I'm, I'm still open to bringing him back in. But the thing that concerned me is when Freer had all their midfielders in the first uh, quarter, especially in the second quarter, when you had Hayden Young, Matt Johnson, Nat Five, Caleb Sarong, they all got more time in that scene than Brayshaw. Brayshaw had the first few CBAs, but after that, he played a lot of wing from midway through the first quarter and pretty much the majority of the second quarter. So... After seeing that, are you maybe fading Brayshaw as a starting pick? Are you still you obviously going to wait and see what happens next week? What are your thoughts on Brayshaw moving forward? I don't think my opinions of how the Fremantle midfield mix will set up has changed based on that game. Um, I think that the sharp laid out with the illness has affected a lot of the way that they actually yeah. plan to rotate. Um, and I think that the fact that Brayshaw was preferred for the first three CBAs of the game before they then moved him out shows that that looks like what they want to actually play him and that putting him to the outside was just to see what they could do if they needed to push him outside and to try and put some of the other players in for inside time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sneeko there uh, saying in the chat there, Bale's reactionary TV. Potentially. You don't know. But... Uh... At the moment, I'm just a bit wary. But I'm still going to watch him this week. Um, I've just had him on my team. I like changing a few things and, and not having sort of a set structure. So I like to be a bit more fluid. So we'll see if I bring him back in. But, um, yeah, we'll have to watch him. Uh, Elliot Yo, um, a few people said that they, they thought he looked slow. But I thought he got better as the game went on. I thought that, that yeah. burst, he, there was one burst of speed from a, from a stoppage that he got. And he, and he kicked a goal as well uh, later in that quarter. He just He, he looked like he... He's running on top of the ground. Apparently, they said he went overseas and, and changed his running technique, which may help with um, the reoccurring soft, soft tissue injury. So I think Yo is, is, is a good pick as long as he stays fit for the remainder of preseason. He looked uh, got better as the game went on. And the more games he's going to get in, the better he's going to look. And that's the reason he did play all four quarters. Because if the Eagles were worried about him, they would have rested him after the first couple or even three quarters. But he played all four quarters there. Um, Liam Duggan, 19 touches, 65 points. Had a mix of mid uh, and defender. I don't know if he's going to get enough points really in that West Coast side to be a, a, a pick as a premium price. More an upgrade target for me. Uh, Witherden, um, so the big thing I think for West Coast, it looked like Jaden Hunt is that main distributor back there for West Coast with Hearn gone. So I think Witherden's going to play sort of that sort of third fiddle behind Duggan and um, Jaden Hunt. So I think Witherden's probably not going to be the option we're going to be looking at there. Matt Johnson. Uh, really impressed me. 17 touches for 54 points in the three quarters. Mini Monk, he had a lot of handballs though. Uh, but is Matt Johnson a guy that you're watching um, and potentially considering it, I think, just over 500k? Probably not a classic option. Takes a midfield spot. He's going to be rotating between wing and, and CBAs by looks of it. I think he's probably fifth in line at the moment for CBAs. Uh, and I just don't, I don't think he has the ceiling enough to be able to put together consistent games. He's always, he's also a player that could be potentially subbed off as well. Yeah, yeah, no, good point there. Um, Hayden Young, a few people are getting a bit concerned with him. I'd, I'd, like He played midfield three quarters. I know he didn't start in the CBAs, but he still played midfield. I'm not too concerned with him. Maybe he's not going to average, I don't think, 105. Or I don't see him averaging 105, but I think he's still a good pick. Is anyone less – I know a few people are saying they're not. Uh, they're a bit less keen on uh, Young, but is any, are we still all happy with, with Hayden Young there playing midfield? Is there, everyone still got him in their side? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about him on team bales. Really? And uh, about, about an hour later, I came to my senses and put him back in again. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just I, it's again probably that almost that safety numbers in a way as well. He's selected by so many people that I just and I think he's gonna be a good pick anyway. I think people are again, but I'm overreacting with uh, like bringing Sheezel and, and and all these guys going good scores. But I think that people are doing the other way and putting players out that didn't have good games. So, um, yeah. but then again, I did it with Brayshaw. So I'm reactionary everywhere. Um, 
Cooper Simpson, um, 10 touches and a goal, 35 points in the two quarters. For me, he played the third and fourth quarter, and, then I th- and I didn't record stats for the fifth and sixth quarters, but to me that suggests he's not best 22, and at best he's going to be sub. Um, and, and if he is best 22, I think he's going to be subbed out, so I'm not sure. He's a guy we can look at and unless we don't get any other options in the full line. He's 200K, so he's cheap, but I'm just a bit uh, unsure with him. Nat Fife, um, uh, 22 touches in a half, a lot of handballs, not much else besides uh, touches. Um, again, uh, Monk, I'll go to you for this one because you're the Frio man. What did you make of Fife's performance? Uh, and are we still keen on him as an option under 500K? I'm still monitoring. I mean, he was at the CBAs, which is what we wanted to see. He was able to get the clearances and get the ball that he needs to get, which is what we wanted to see. But it's never really been his game to get a lot of the outside ball. And that's what ended up happening a lot of the game. There was a lot of plus sixes, a lot of uncontested stuff. Of course, he didn't really get a lot of plus sixes. That's not really his game. So, you know, 44 and a half, I'd probably monitor that. But if he gets, you know, 70% time on ground, he can push a 75 average. It's probably enough at his price point and given the lack of options we have forward. Yeah, and, and the one thing is, well, he did actually, uh, his teammates butchered him for two plus sixes, so he could have actually had mm. two plus sixes, but he got two awful kicks, and I think got, I don't know if he got pinged on the ball for one of them as well, so he could have been near a 60.5 mm. just with touches, so yeah, I'm, I'm still uh, got him on watch list there. Now, Harmy, final play we'll sort of chat about um, before we go to listener questions. Uh, so so Jinbi was got injured, concussion, uh, four points mm. here with a head knock. I don't think we were con- look, many people were looking at me anyway, but I think that we've got to rule him out now with that head knock. But Harley Reid, seven touches, four tackles, 27 points, played that mix of defence and midfield, went off. I think a lot of us probably thought he might have done an MCL or something like that um, after he cramped and got up, but he, he by reports, he was just cramped and he, and he should be fine. But the concern is the lack of lack of ball back there, regardless of where he played. Are, are you? Is he still F six for you? Are you more probably keen to put him on the bench now and play a Lazaro, or or maybe even just go up and get someone like a McKenzie or a Jordan instead of him? What are your thoughts with with Reed and, and his performance? Well, I think that um, of all a few things, it depends if we've got other options. Uh, you know, like we may have no other forward options, but I think he'll be better for the run. Bales and they were, you know, they got well beaten and they were trying things. So he got um, sort of thrown around. He started the first CBA, that was cool. Yep. But then he sort of went a bit back and a bit forward and he just sort of got mixed around. And look, I think that, um, that they'll sort of iron that out over the next few weeks and I'm not too concerned at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, but I think I, I, I said in the notes I put for the thing, I think probably if people were thinking he was going to average 75 and and have a, a very good year. I think probably got to temper expectations a little bit. He's probably close to that 60, 60 mark, maybe 55. But that's still not a bad pick at F6 um, as as a rookie there. So, yeah, beautiful. That's all the games. We've got through all of them, Tim. So, uh, we'll let's turn it over to the car. questions. Yeah, let's turn it over to the questions. Yeah, cool. Um, have you got any ones there, or do you want me to quickly uh, Yeah, I actually wanted to go back to James Jordan and ask the boys what they were thinking about him. Oh, Jeez, uh, I could say a lot here without saying much. I think we just got to see yeah, the Sydney midfield and how they line up in the preseason game because there's just too many missings, too much, too much uncertainty going on as to what his role will actually be. Yeah, but nothing you saw today that, uh, oh, sorry, in the last couple of days that um, that had you worried. Nothing that's ruled him out, but nothing that's ruled him in. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be in and out of my team, Tim. So I don't know, and you need, I need to see a bit more. Yeah, but we'll see him in round zero anyway, won't we? So yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. All good. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, uh, yeah, go on. I got one here. So Dimmy says. Uh, so uh, Matt, I'll go to you for this one. Uh, Dimmy says, Cam McKenzie over five if he's managed might get his twenty to twenty five and only score fifty. So uh, who are you going at a McKenzie or five? Both could be managed. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. That's a risk with both of them in that um, bracket, isn't it? So not too sure. Yeah. Um, Adam's got this one here. He says, Marshall and Cherry's tempting. What are your thoughts, Mini Monk, on uh, a Marshall over Gorn and Grundy? Don't mind it. I mean, I think this is talked about a few times during the 50, but I think there's five rock options. I think you're picking two of them. Most people seem to be wanting to be picking between Gorn, Grundy and Cherry, but I don't think anyone can go wrong with picking either English or Marshall either. If that's what they got, I can go for it. I actually uh, started off my first team with English for ages and English in my team. So if you want to uh, buy the bullet and pay up and use him as a captaincy option early, no worries. 
Yep. DT Bendy says Flanders is a lot for him. So there you go. DT Bendy, good to see you. Uh, he's, he's sort of awoken from his uh, bit of a – he's been away for a fair bit. But uh, good to see Bendy back. And he's got Flanders there. So, uh, yeah, I think Flanders can be a very, very uh, – Split uh, play across the community there. Um, Olive Bartel's got this one on YouTube. Uh, Finlay McRae or Charlie Lazaro? So, Tim, I'm assuming he's being on field. If you're picking one, who are you picking? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I think I think if it's – I think it would have to be Finn uh, over Lazaro. Just I think if he gets that uh, um, position in the team – round zero, uh, I think I would have a bit more confidence that he might stay there rather than Lazaro could, you know, if he's named round, well, he won't be named round zero, he'll be named round one, but, um, but you know, he could very well be out the next week. So I, th- I think I'd have a little bit more confidence in McRae than I would over Lazaro, but, I mean, there's also that potential that uh, if they were both starting, I might actually start both of them. Yep. Monk or Harmy, McRae, Lazaro, which one are you going out to? Monk, I'll go to you first and then Harmy. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's just an I-Zero uh, watch for, for McRae and then see if he's named in round one and not a sub. Um, and then I think if he's named and he's not the sub, I'd probably play him on field over Lazaro. Yeah. Army? Uh, yeah, I'm the same. They've been talking him up, but I don't know. It's a bit of a hard one because, I mean, Colling was a premiership team and North are at the other bloody end of the ladder. So uh, it's, it's a bit of a mix. Um, but look, Collingwood's been talking up what McRae has been doing. I think he's looking good enough to be on field for us at the moment. Yeah. Tim, got a question there? Or you uh, want me to go to another one? Just go to another one, mate. Yep. Uh, the Colonel96 uh, on YouTube says Thoughts on Jordan Clark? Uh, and if Walsh and Miller get a, a 120 round zero, do you start one or both of them? So, obviously, Colonel, first thing is that Walsh uh, is looking like he is very touch and go and might not play uh, opening round or round one anyway. So, I not would be considering Walsh. But I guess you could talk about Toot Miller 120. So, we talked about Jordan Clark before. I think, as Monk said, we're a bit more keen on him after watching it. Probably watch again because they did play West mm-hmm. Coast. But, Monk, if, if Toot Miller was to get a 120 in round one, again – not half back, so that early run probably doesn't phase him as much. But with that tight midfield mix, is Tootman, if he gets a 120 round zeros, is he a guy you might consider? Oh, I think I'd have to see a little bit more than a 120 for me to reshuffle and try and get him in. Round two buyers just so early on, and it just makes it tricky. And then yeah. the other thing we've got to keep watching as well is we kind of keep saying, like, you know, oh, if they score this in round zero, then I'd have to adjust. But I mean, the other thing. I'm kind of trying to position ourselves. Round zero's happened. It's Monday or Tuesday afterwards, and I'm looking at, you know, a Took Miller who's just done a 120 or a 125. I'm going to be asking myself a lot of questions about whether he's going to be able to repeat that. Um, so I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to let too much about round zero dictate my team. I mean, obviously roles and players getting named in teams is going to have an impact, but I'm not sure that the scores are going to t- change too much for me. Yeah, I think it's a lot more to do with the context as well. Like if Tuke Miller gets 85% CBAs and gets 120, it's very different to if he's on 30% CBAs, kicks three goals and gets 120. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that needs to be what you're looking at. You're not just looking for if they hit a certain score. It's like how do they look? How does the team look? What's the structure they're doing? What was the team that they were playing against looking like? There's a lot of different factors, and, and, and that's why I think there's a lot of people that have talked about it, but they're, they're the most important games to watch of the year for your fantasy purposes. If you, if you don't watch those four games, you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage because they're providing us information about players in t- the way the teams are setting up, and it provides information about what their price moves are going to be going into round one and round two. Yeah. And I'm also trying to balance that thing as well where, you know, the closer we get to the, the season, the more excited we get about certain players. Mm. And... Just trying to watch that, you know, having the excitement about a player alter my kind of analysis, you know, and trying to stick with my analysis rather than getting caught up with the, uh, you know, that that kind of round zero stuff or, or what happens in these match sims, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sneeko's got this one here. Uh, are we still hot on Zach Williams? Reports saying he might manage Mitch to start the season. Uh, could go sound like Buderick or maybe restructure. Like the Yo injury last year, it caused some problems for coaches. Uh, the assistant coach said, He'll maybe get some minutes next week, so I'll go around sort of the sort of the grounds here. And, and Tim, are you Zach Williams? Is he in your team or out? Uh, well, I didn't hear the news until we talked about it earlier today. But if he's if there's now injury concerns around Zach Williams, there is a line going straight through him. I mean, with that early buy, I mean, with his history, uh, he's, he'll be yeah straight out of my team. Yeah. Harming? 
I'll see what interest at this point. I think they're just being a bit conservative. So I guess we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Monk? Yeah, about the same. I don't think there's been an injury. I think they're just load, managing his load. He's been doing a lot of match him. And I think the word out of the club was that, you know, him, uh, Walsh, and I think it was Pitney have been just managed minutes over the, the preseason because they've been doing a lot of match him times. So we'll just see how it looks in the preseason game. Yeah. Um, Sue, we'll go a couple more questions here, then we'll wrap up. So Subi says, is Goulden a good M1? I'll go to Tim for this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on Goulden M1? I'm still staying away from the, the primos with a buy. I'm just, it, for me, the maths just don't add up. I'm staying away from it. Um, you know, like if there is an underpriced premium, you know, like a Flanders, I think there's that's you can consider that. Um, but uh, I'm staying away from it apart from that. Think I am as well. Uh, Jack says uh, Clark or Coleman Harmy. Who are you going out of Keneen Coleman and Jordan Clark? Clark or Coleman? Well, if I had to choose between the two, it would be Clark because Coleman's got the early buy. Yeah, but that's but your tone there says to me neither. <laughs> neither at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, I'd be going Clark over Coleman and I think that buy is, is, is good uh, there as well uh, so Jack also said tuned in late did you guys discuss Dusty um, no we didn't discuss Dusty but I just think again he's got an early buy I'm not sure I didn't actually see uh, this game I haven't watched that game yet I don't know what his stats were for the game I don't know if they recorded I didn't see him anywhere but um, so I can't quite give you too much intel with Dusty unless any of you guys can if you watch the game if you saw Dusty do anything no but History says Dusty's a great football player, not a great fantasy player. Yeah, 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 agreed. Uh, we'll go final question here. So from uh, Sean Flagpies, he says, uh, if Fisher gets through the practice games and plays round one, can you go without him? So, Minima, I'll go to you for your keen on Fisher. What are your thoughts if he gets through the next practice game and looks good if once McDonald and, and Barry Scott are there and he looks good again? Is he a guy you'd be picking? Of course, I mean, it's a guy that I'd be picking, but of course you can go without him. You can go without any player if you want to. I mean, there's enough negatives associated with him. He's in a back line where there's, you know, a lot of competition for the ball. He's got an injury history associated with him. He's had a hamstring awareness and a slight tear during the preseason. There's enough red flags there if you want to go against him. I don't begrudge you. Yeah. Yeah, very well said there. And also, Corey Blackledge just put there, Dusty got managed, so he didn't play against the D. So mm. there you go. Okay. So he didn't even play. So be beautiful. All right, well, we didn't see him. Sorry, mate, what were you saying there? No wonder we didn't see him. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but yeah, we'll cut. There's, again, a lot of questions there. Appreciate everyone uh, putting him in. We're probably going to have to call there. Um, so, yeah, so Tim, to wrap us up. Awesome, boys. Well, thanks a lot, Mini Mark. Thanks a lot, Harmy, for coming on. We really appreciate all the work you do. We appreciate you guys putting aside some time to come and, uh, you know, talk to us about the Pracky Games and share your uh, expert insights for our listeners. Uh, boys, why don't you tell us where our audience can find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just on the coaches panel weekly and then on Twitter at, at Minimong10. Yeah, and I'm on uh, PodPod and uh, on Twitter at John Harmy. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And for everyone that sent in questions, thanks a lot for those. And, of course, you can send your questions to us on Twitter or now X. Uh, please give us a follow at AFL Fantasy Fans. And don't forget to tune in each week after the final siren of the round or, well, I don't know, final siren of the round. So that's what we normally say, isn't it? We didn't change the run sheet for this bit, did we, Bales? <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, don't forget to tune in each week. Uh, I think Fridays and Sundays is normally when we record. We'll give you, give you a bit of a heads up about when we're going live so you can tune in. And, of course, you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. Please, of course, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Now, best of luck for your research for the rest of the week. Uh, and what have we got coming up this week, Bars? Um, Community Series games, and they start on, I think it's Tuesday, I'm pretty awesome. sure. The first game, uh, Collingwood and Richmond. So we got footy. Uh, we pretty much have only got like a couple of days of no football in the next couple of weeks, which is awesome. So, mate, can't wait. And then also all the links for uh, Coaches Panel um, and uh, Pod Pod, Mini Monk, Harmy. They're all in the description of the podcast and the YouTube video. So if you want to follow all of them across any of the socials, all the links are there. Good on you, Bales. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. And we'll speak to you all again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. See ya.